Welcome to the Feels Like 45 podcast. I'm Cade Webb, and as always, I am joined by Dustin Ragusa. Dustin, did you have a nice extended time off from the podcast after the regular season wrapped up? Cade, I did. I, I obviously love doing the podcast, as I know you do as well, but it was nice to kind of give ourselves a little bit of a break before recording. And we also strategically did this because the dead period for recruiting and transfer portal starts on the 18th. So we were trying to get as close to that as we could before we recorded again. So a little bit of cheating on our part and a little yep. bit of relaxation, but did you enjoy it? I, I did. Um, And I only say that because, you know, we've been going hot and heavy for, you know, the, the better half of what, I mean, what feels like since we started this podcast with, you know, two hour episodes, not just in football, but I mean, that's what you and I started as, right? That was, it was a football podcast. And then it evolved and our listeners wanted uh, us to talk about other things, which is amazing. And it reached a culmination where you and I have been doing two hour, three hour podcasts every Tuesday night for the better half of two and a half years. And so um, this was the longest I think you and I have gone without talking uh, on a podcast. So uh, it is good to see you. It's good to be back. I do think, though, this is a good chance for us to kind of um, put out a bit of a scheduling update. I just kind of laid the groundwork for what this has looked like. And, you know, we've definitely set a precedent that we do long podcasts, but uh, Dustin and I both have children and demanding careers that we both love and respect. And uh, we will more than likely, Dustin, through the off season, be keeping these to 30, 40 an hour. You're, you're going to notice they're much shorter. And I think it's important that we talk about it just because, you know, we've definitely set that precedent. So, yeah. And we, and Kate, thank you for kind of laying that out. And just to add on, we appreciate you guys so much for listening it blows our minds that people yeah. want to listen to us talk. We love you guys. We love you guys sending in the questions. We just really appreciate it. We love doing the podcast, but as Cade said, we looked at kind of the lengths of some of our off season podcasts last off season, and they were getting close to two hours. So I think as he mentioned, 30 to 40 minutes during spring football, during fall, we're going to go back with the long podcast, but in the off season, we're a football-focused podcast, so we're going to hit any football news. And then from there, we'll go basketball, baseball, softball. Probably have to, you know, not do as much stuff like roundup-related, yep. NFL-type pokes in the pros news. But whenever there's something big, we'll definitely talk about it. And we also want to get back to hitting a few questions each episode, which kind of plays into how we structure the episode. So we're going to start asking for questions again. We'll try to hit some at the end of the pod, but that means kind of the main bulk of the content of the podcast might be held to, you know, 30 minutes and then last 10 or 15 for questions. So it, just wanted to give you guys an update because we didn't want to just start with super <laughs> short podcast and not provide any context. So thank you guys so much again for listening. We hope that doesn't turn anybody off, but 
it'll help us kind of get geared back up for next football season. Yeah. I mean, is this, does this mean we need to cue the Sarah McLaughlin music for uh, the roundup? I mean, cause it's in the arms of the angels and well, uh, we love all we'll Oklahoma miss it, state sports. But... So we will miss it. We yeah. will miss that. Yeah, we will. But uh, it was either those things or you just miss us forever. And we didn't want that. And so <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Dustin and I are excited uh, for what, you know, the next several months looks like. And uh, he's exactly right. This this will help us uh, maintain some steam as we uh, look to, you know, see what Oklahoma State looks like in the new Big 12. And um, yeah, go ahead. We also are probably going to record later in the week in the off seasons. And then yeah. in football, we'll probably get back to the Tuesday or Wednesday podcast, but we will probably have these out Friday morning, Friday night. We'll probably record on Thursday, Friday going forward. So yeah. yeah, that's a great point. You won't see these on Tuesdays or Wednesdays uh for quite the foreseeable. So it's a great point. But um, you know, Dustin, keeping keeping with the interest of time. Let it let me remind you all that this is brought to you by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company, a vintage inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season. So be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long while you still can while the season wraps up. They've got over 30 schools to choose from, and they also have you covered with all of your collegiate apparel needs. So shop today at www.charliehustle.com. And when you do, use our promo code 101215 for 15% off all non-sale items. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Dustin, let's go ahead and kick this off. We have a lot to get to in a short amount of time. Yeah, so just some current team notes before we get into transfer portal and recruiting talk. Ollie Gordon, as you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are aware, won the Doak Walker Award, which is symbolic of the best running back of the individual college football season. It's dated back to 1990. He's the first Oklahoma State player to win that award. Obviously, Barry Sanders would have won it in 1989. Probably other Oklahoma State backs in history would have won if it extended back. But since it only went back to 1990, he won that. Finished as the nation's leading rusher. With 1,614 yards, 20 rushing touchdowns on 258 carries. That's 6.3 yards per carry. He also had 37 receptions for 326 yards and a touchdown. I expect him to gain some yards in the bowl game and go over the 2,000-yard mark, probably even farther, depending on how, how many Texas A&M players continue to <laughs> opt out and enter the transfer portal. But that's a story for another podcast. He won, Gordon won over Missouri running back Cody Schrader and North Carolina running back Omarion Hampton. He also, Cade, became a unanimous All-American selection Thursday as he was named to the American Football Coaches Association All-America First Team. He's been honored by Walter Camp, the Football Writers Association, Associated Press, and the Sporting News. He's Oklahoma State's first unanimous All-American selection since Chuba Hubbard in 2019. And along with those All-American teams I mentioned, he also was honored by ESPN, PFF, The Athletic, CBS, 247, USA Today, Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, Bleacher oh, Report, Action Network, and those. there's even more All-American teams he was nominated to. Cade, yeah. Ollie Gordon's the man. Your thoughts? Um, I won. It's it's up there with some of the most legendary individual seasons in Oklahoma state history. Um, when you go back and you think about like guys like Justin Blackman, 
that ended in a Bolitnikov. Um, I don't think it's up there with Barry Sanders yet. Um, but you start looking at the names that are in that ring of honor. And if and when Ollie Gordon comes back, and if and when he wins a second Doak Walker at Oklahoma State, I mean, you're all of a sudden flirting with some of the greatest players to ever come through Oklahoma State. And um, this season is a, what do you think, Dustin? A six win at best season without Ollie Gordon. I mean, we saw what this offense was early. We saw what it was late, leaning entirely on him. I I, I think he individually uh, is responsible for at least two wins, if not more. Oh, I completely agree. He opened up things in the passing game. The way they were able to structure the offense scheme-wise around him, I think benefited the offensive line. And it just led to, like you're saying, I, I think wins associated with him individually as a player. Yeah. I know it's a team sport, but it's pretty incredible. We've talked about it on the podcast, how we were going into this season thinking the leading rusher was going to be Ollie, but around 800 to 900 yards. He almost doubles that. So pretty incredible. In nine games, it, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just really excited about what the future holds with Ollie Gordon. And he just... He's an awesome guy. It's awesome to hear him talk. He spoke with the media this week after practice. We'll talk about that mm -hmm. in a little bit, but just wanted to hit his awards, shout him out because he's a guy that we've obviously talked about a lot on this podcast. And Cade, speaking of the team in general and talking to players after practice, Oklahoma State, the players had a full week off after the Big 12 championship game. They started practice again on Monday. The NCAA gives you 15 extra practices if you make a bowl, if you become bowl eligible. So they're going to, there's 17 days in between this past Monday and the bowl game on December 17th, December 27th in Houston against Texas A&M. Mike Gundy said to the media this week that he's going on kind of a two day on one day off schedule. So it looks like it's going to be about 11 practices of the 15 that you're able to use that they get in. He also said that Stribling, Dijon Stribling, Oklahoma State wide receiver, isn't released, but he is practicing. So all signs point to him probably being available. Elijah Collins is also back. He is released and is practicing. There will be no Talon Shetron, no Jason Brooks, no Justin Wright, but it looks like Collins and Stribling will both be back. And then, Kate, I wanted to get your thoughts and ask you if we should start printing the T-shirts <laughs> of the Gundy phrase he's using in this media session, religion, politics, portal, and roster. I think he said that like 10 times. I love it. We're going to cut that because we could get swooped on that. That is ours, TM. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so the team's back practicing, Cade. We don't have a ton of notes from practice besides Nick Martin, Colin Oliver, Ollie Gordon and Alan Bowman talking to the media along with coach Gundy after practice, they weren't super long sessions, a little bit longer than normal. Alan Bowman went for like 20 minutes, I believe, but not a ton of notes. Just wanted to mention that these guys are back practicing and there could be players like Stribling and Collins back for this game who we haven't seen for a while. Yeah. I I'm excited. I, these bowl games have taken on a new flavor. I mean, the team that played in the last game of the season, not necessarily in Oklahoma State's case, but in certainly in Texas A&M's, uh, Notre Dame had guys missing all over the place. Um, 
these are usually chances to see your young talent shine. I mean, the the Wisconsin game in the guaranteed rate bowl last year is a, maybe the best example of this. As you saw Garrett Rangel, Ollie Gordon, and Stefan Johnson last year, uh, that was the primary offense. And so um, I don't expect that this year from Oklahoma State, but I, I do expect it to look that way for, you know, Texas A&M and across the country. So uh, while they've lost some importance, I think they've taken on kind of a new level of intrigue for me if you're into – seeing what some of the young roster development looks like. Yeah, I agree. And Kate, before we get into the transfer portal and the transfers out, wanted to hit some news about guys who are either going pro or out of eligibility. So Arlen Bruce, Oklahoma State wide receiver, transferred in from Iowa. He was caught up in the kind of gambling situation and was deemed ineligible he has announced that he has signed a contract with the Edmonton Elks of the Canadian Football League. So he will not, you know, there was some debate whether he was going to become eligible again because we know he was with the team. He was practicing. He was coming out two days a week and catching passes from the Oklahoma State quarterbacks. I believe it was Peyton Thompson that was throwing to him a lot. His scholarship now becomes immediately available. I do think this obviously hurts the wide receiver depth. But I think you and I were both pretty skeptical that he was going to return ever anyway. Yeah, I mean, the odds of that seem very, very slim to none. So this was not something I even really considered much of throughout the season. So I think you've seen maybe even in some of their portal offers that that was not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's disappointing. I think Arlen Bruce had loads of potential in this system, uh, but wish, wish the best for him. And seems like, you know, uh, nowadays with gambling being so pervasive and you can do it on your phone. I mean, they, they're going to have to look at that and, uh, you know, see how they can become maybe not amicable, but is it really worth, you know, losing eligibility to, you know, wager on sports? It, we'll, we'll see what they decide. Yeah, and the other players who are out of eligibility, I put a table out on Twitter. Anthony Goodlow, Nathan Latou, Braden Cassidy, Alex Hale, Justin Wright, Xavier Benson, Zeke Zaragoza, Alan Bowman, Elijah Collins, Ian Edenfield, Josiah Johnson, and Leon Johnson the third. Out of those players, Pokes Report has confirmed that Justin Wright and Alan Bowman are both applying are both applying for a medical hardship waiver. We'll talk a little bit more about Bowman's in a minute. And then Leon Johnson the third, his father was on the Believe in OK State podcast with Eve Batova, Megan Robinson, and Justin Southwell, and said that he is applying for that Leon is applying for an eligibility waiver, but it doesn't sound like they think he's going to get it. None of these should come as much of a surprise. We've talked about these guys being out of eligibility. They're marked with an asterisk on the OK State football roster webpage. So no big surprises there. We knew these guys were leaving. We've talked about these being positions of need for the future, but just wanted to recap that before we get into the transfer portal. Yeah, no no major shock there. I, I frankly feel like Alan Bowman is kind of on the outside looking in with this. It's just, he's been in college so long. I think he has a case for it, but whether it happens or not, there's no, there is no uniform approval for this. They, they seem to take it case by case and, and they're like precedence doesn't really matter. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Do you want to stop for a quick ad before we dive yeah, into let's... the portal that I literally just climbed out of before this podcast <laughs> let's hear a quick word from our friends at classic overland 
we want to say a quick thank you to sponsor the Feels Like 45 podcast, Classic Overland. Classic Overland specializes in restoring original Land Rover Defenders designed with your unique style and specifications. They go to great lengths to find quality vintage Defenders before they begin the restoration process, and their team of experts will guide you through the various exterior and interior options to create the perfect build. Our friends Luke Reed and Robert Dennis of Classic Overland are both Oklahoma State graduates and will work with you through the process to ensure you have a great experience. And in addition, if you purchase a Classic Overland Defender and mention this podcast, the Feels Like 45 podcast, their team will donate a portion of the proceeds to the Pokes with a Purpose NIL Collective. To learn more, you can visit their website, classicoverland.com, and you can contact Luke and Robert at robert at classicoverland.com. Thank you, and go Pokes! All right, Dustin. Well, glad you made it out of the portal. Some guys don't, so I'm really glad you made it. Uh, the, the numbers are staggering, really. Okay, so, Kate, I wanted to get your thoughts before, and we have a long list of guys we want to get into, and then the transfer's out. But I wanted to get your thoughts. Oklahoma State has confirmed returning Joe Mahalski, their starting center, left guard, kind of swing guard, swing tackle, Cole Birmingham, Left tackle, Dalton Cooper. Right tackle, Jake Springfield. Left guard and also swing tackle, swing guard, Jason Brooks. Everybody basically except Preston Wilson on the offensive line has said they are coming back. You're talking about Mahalski, 954 snaps at center this year, started all 13 games. Cole Birmingham with 468 snaps at left guard, 189 at left tackle, 136 at right tackle. He's also played right guard in his career at Oklahoma State. Dalton Cooper, 702 snaps at left tackle and 169 at right tackle. Highest graded run blocker on the team. 615 snaps at right tackle for Jake Springfield, 70 at left tackle. He was the second highest grading pass blocking O-lineman on the team behind Preston Wilson. And then Jason Brooks, who we know has the knee injury, but he had 393 snaps at left guard. He's also played left tackle, right guard, and right tackle in his careers at both Oklahoma State and Vanderbilt. I know some people, because, and I think it's a little bit of holdover from two years ago and then how things looked in the Texas game, kind of some recency bias, are like, you know, why, why do we want to return these guys? These guys were solid this season. And coming into the season... We had Adam Lunn on. We talked about this offensive line, and all three of us kind of agreed they're probably a little bit above average offensive line in the Big 12. And then I think they played a little, little bit even above that standard that we kind of laid them out at. If you're coming back with an above average Big 12 offensive line, everybody's returning, everybody's coming back healthy. I don't know how you could be that upset about that. And this is a this is a brand new conference that they're that they're going into. I mean, you've got outside of the four teams they added this year, you're adding four more next year. And so an above average offensive line that's returning, you know, 80% of its starting production, if not more, going into next year. I mean, that that puts you in the top, you know, without knowing what Colorado's going to end up looking like. I know they made a big uh, acquisition in the portal, but you may be talking about Dustin, a top three to four big 12 offensive line next year. And you package that up with the skill talent that they 
already have and could be returning and acquiring in the portal. And all of a sudden, this is looking like a, a season that they could make a run with a really good offense. So I, I love that they started with the offensive line and some of their NIL rollouts, because I think it sets the stage for what they're trying to do offensively, whether Ollie Gordon comes back or not, which we'll get to here in just a moment. I I think that they, uh, by locking down this offensive line did the perfect thing and, and got them early. Yeah. I think, I think you laid that out great. And I have the same thoughts as you. So I know some people have different thoughts on that. If you're listening to this podcast, you may completely disagree with Cade and I, but that's kind of, why we think that. And I think the play on the field and the stats this season kind of and back up our stance on it as well. And I don't want to, you know, get ahead in in some into some of our notes, but they they are looking to add to that, you know, yeah. roster. So um, yeah, they're never is, going to stop trying to make this offensive line better after seeing kind of what happened yeah. this season, adding a guy like Dalton Cooper. I think there's a good chance of that. So anyway. All right, so you kind of alluded to it just now, Cade. The big names that we're still kind of thinking about who haven't announced, and we'll get to the transfers out there. Just I put out a table showing percentage of snaps this season, and it's nowhere near the production loss that we saw from last year as far as transfers out. So I want to get to them. But before we get to them, I wanted to talk about guys like Ollie Gordon, Brennan Presley, Colin Oliver, Nick Martin, and Alan Bowman. Robert Allen on the rate on his radio show and on Pork's Pokes report is adamant that these guys are coming back next season. As far as Alan Bowman's concerned, he needs the waiver, but Gordon Presley, Oliver and Martin, he said on the radio verbatim that these guys have been locked in with Pokes with a purpose and they just haven't announced yet after all these guys are practicing. Ollie Gordon reported or was asked about it at practice. And he said, Quote, I appreciate you asking about my future, but I'm going to make my announcement at my own time. It looked like some media tweeted that quote out a little differently than exactly yeah. what he said, not to call anybody out, but th- he said, make my own announcement at my own time, not that he's on his own time. So just he- wanted to clarify that. And then Oliver and Martin, listening to them, they sound like they're, they didn't even get asked about it. And I think the media kind of assumed that they're, coming back for sure with the way they're talking about next season and things like that. Things can definitely change. As I said, the dead, the dead period starts three days from now. And then the portal closes on January 2nd. If there may be some guys that leave after the bowl game, I could definitely see that. But at this point, I I don't know who else is really going to be jumping in the portal. Maybe a couple other guys trickle in. But if you're already a week into bowl practice and the dead period starting three days from now and you can't visit these schools anymore that you may be transferring to, I just I can't really see a ton of other guys jumping in. And I personally think these guys are go- going to be back, all the guys we just talked about, excluding Bowman, who I know needs the waiver. Yeah, I, I think the four that you mentioned who uh, seem to be locked in, uh, I think the Ollie Gordon's quote was much less ominous than what was what was out there. Like the full quote itself in the context of the question was much less ominous. And so um, what I'll say is I, it's great if these guys are locked in. Uh, I, the thing about NIL is these aren't binding contracts. You, you can transfer at any given moment. You can 
that contract can be torn up at any given moment, as we saw with Jaden Rashada at uh, Florida and Arizona State. So, you know, I think it's great in principle um, until you enroll. That's like the drop dead one. So I, I will say once the guy makes their announcement, I would think that it would be really hard to, you know, renege on that. Um, but I still, uh, this is flimsy. The, this is not NFL free agency. This is, this is less structured than even that. So do you think Colin Oliver, Nick Martin, Brennan Presley and Ollie Gordon all come back next year? And if you don't think one of them does, which one would that be? I think they all come back. I, I agree. Really do. I, I do too. And I hate, I hate trying to sound like the, you know, orange Kool-Aid drinking sunshine and rainbows. It's just just kind of reading between the lines. That's what it seems like. We don't really have any info on it besides Robert Allen yelling about it on the radio, but you know, he's, he's normally right about this stuff too. So I'm going to go with, I think they're coming back. And if something changes our mind, we'll talk about it on next week's podcast. As far as Alan Bowman goes, his situation is weird because the waiver he's submitting, basically what he was saying after practice they have to figure out like how they're structuring the red shirt year. And if it was deemed that he really couldn't come back from his collarbone injury in 2019, that he suffered after the third non-conference game of the season at Arizona, when he was at Texas tech, because he also didn't play at Michigan. So there's the red shirt there that it can be moved to. It's a little tricky, but there was an article uh, on sellout crowd. I think one of the Hutchins twins did it that, Basically, they talked to somebody who knows a little bit about this, a little uh, who has a background in compliance. They seem to think Alan Bowman is going to get granted this waiver for an extra year. So I, I don't know anything about compliance, Cade. I'm just going to go with that sounds good to me. So I'll just say he's probably coming back. Yeah, well, I was told do not comply with the NCAA. So I, I don't know anything about <laughs> compliance either. But it seems like he would be a clear cut case to get a waiver. Um, I just, this is not these, these rulings are not applied evenly or with precedent set. So I, I'll, I'll just wait to see what the NCAA says, but I, I feel like he should be back. All right. So talking about the official transfers out last week, we mentioned left guard, left tackle Tyrone Weber. We also noted that we heard, that he was actually not eligible to transfer due to not getting cleared by Oklahoma State. Shortly after our podcast, he himself confirmed that on Twitter. We're leaving him in our table just in case that changes, but he is not actually in the transfer portal, so he wouldn't count against that number. Or I, and I, I think that means they get his scholarship back is my understanding. We also mentioned defensive tackle Ricky Lolahela, safety Ladarius Webb. Since the last time we talked... Gunnar Gundy has entered the portal. Center Jake Henry. Left guard, left tackle, right guard, Vilami Makahunio, I think is how you say it. I think you did it. <laughs> Blaine Green, Jaden Bray, Nick Session, and Jaden Nixon. Okay, looking at those guys in the portal, just to kind of run down, Jaden Bray played the most snaps, 485. That's 50% of the total snaps on offense this season at Oklahoma State. Blaine Green played 193 at wide receiver. That's 20%. Jaden Nixon played 153. That's 16%. Gunnar Gundy played 85. That's 9%. But after that non-conference stretch, he didn't play again. 
And then Nick Session played one snap. The other five guys we talked about, Lola Hea, Henry, Weber, Villami, and Webb, played a total of zero snaps yeah. on offense or defense this season for Oklahoma State. And if you look back at last year, so one guy played 50% or more of the snaps, total snaps this season. Last season, Oklahoma State had six players who played 50% or more of the total snaps transfer out. And then they had another, they had a total of 11 that played 25% or more. Whereas Oklahoma State only, only has Jaden Bray this season that played 25% or more of the total snaps. I just wanted to call that out because it is such a stark contrast year over year. And it's just wild to see how, like where we were at as a team, where you and I were at as podcasters mentally, where the fan base was at, which we're included in as well as fans, where we were at after last season and to see big 12 championship game competition with Texas and looking at the portal now. And I know guys can still enter, but it's just wild to me. Ah, it is. I, 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 you know, look at the names that are in the portal now, and two of them are guys that you and I talked about openly. Is like that's that seems like the logical destination in Jaden Bray and Jaden Nixon. Nothing against those guys. Bray couldn't stay healthy, and I think we never really saw his full potential. And Jaden Nixon, I, I think a fresh start is going to be good for him, depending on where he ends up. If he goes down into the group of five level at like a Tulsa, somebody put him at a receiver spot, little, you know, scat back type situation. I think he will have a nice end to his career. But for me, Dustin, I, I think it, I think Oklahoma State took its like public humiliation last year because very few schools have had gone through something like that at that time. Now you're seeing, I mean, Oklahoma is having a similar offseason to what Oklahoma State did last year. It is. It was not an Oklahoma State thing. I, I I am fully convinced after seeing two portal seasons in this current environment that that was not an Oklahoma State thing. That is the reality today. And so for Oklahoma State to have minimized the damage up to this point is outstanding. Yes, they could see other guys enter. But, um, you know, as I look at where these guys are departing from in terms of position group, we thought wide receiver would be a spot that they looked at in the portal. And I think you have that now confirmed with Blaine Green and Jaden Bray both entering the portal. I think they're going to take multiple guys out of that. And uh, I think much like they did last year, I think you may be able to upgrade there. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you as well. Gunner Gundy apparently is still with the team practicing. He got that cleared with his dad, with, Coach with Gundy. Coach. Yeah, so he's still there. And then you look at the guys that left on the offensive line. Jake Henry's a walk-on. Villami is a walk-on. Ladarius Webb, you and I had high hopes for him, but I think he wanted playing time a little bit quicker. Jaden Nixon, you mentioned it. You know, I saw recently right before the podcast, he's got an offer from North Texas out there. I think a group of five type school using him in the ways you mentioned would be really, really positive for him. And I think he could do really well. If you listen to this podcast, you guys know we weren't super high on Nixon throughout a lot of this season. We think he's a solid return guy, a solid kind of third down back. He hustled always, was pretty good in pass pro for being undersized, but wish him the best of luck. But again, I, I don't see that as a huge loss. It does hurt your running back depth with Elijah Collins not being able to return. You do have Rodney Fields. You get Sessi back. So we'll kind of see how that goes. We haven't seen them link to many running backs in the portal, but we'll see. 
Jaden Bray ceiling wise, I think is the main one that's leaving that I think is kind of the one where you're like, man, that's, and you know, I was talking to our buddy, Michael P about this. It is a little weird that he's transferring at this point when they haven't brought a receiver in yet, because he won the starting job over guys like Owens last year. And we know LJ three is probably not coming back. So that is the only thing with Bray that's a little strange. I think he won the starting job last year. Leon Johnson, the guy who kind of took over at the spot, the X spot for him, probably isn't coming back. So Stribling is back, but he was at Z. Bray was at X. So he's going to be competing with a guy like Owens again, who I think most likely will switch from Z to X. And then Talon Shetron coming back, who was playing Z. Jaden Bray beat those guys out last year. So it's just a little weird to me that he doesn't want to try to do that again. But again, you mentioned the injury, so that's probably playing a role and maybe just wants a fresh start. Yeah, I I think it's that last part mostly. I mean, when he was healthy, there were issues with the drops. It was, uh, I just, I feel for him because I, I thought he had the talent to be an upper echelon wide receiver, not just in the conference, but you know, he's, he's an athletic freak. And, um, I hope he goes somewhere where that can be showcased and, you know, he can stay healthy. Um, wish it was at Oklahoma state, but I, I understand why maybe even both parties were ready for a fresh start there. Yeah. Well, Kate, I think we can dive into the guys that Oklahoma state has interest in and offers out to in the portal. So guys report interest, they report contact, they report offers. So we're just grouping it all together as Oklahoma State might be talking to some of these guys. So discussed previously, we talked about Easton Kiltley, the utility offensive lineman from North Dakota. He has since committed to K-State. We talked about Tegan Wilk, the safety from East Carolina, and the wide receiver Kelly Akari from UTEP. Those Those two have not committed anywhere yet, but since we talked about them last week, we won't really dive into them. New since last podcast, two guys that... Oklahoma State was interested in, apparently, and have since committed, but we didn't talk about them last week. Brequise Brown, the cornerback from Georgia State, has committed to Boston College, and tight end Carson Ryan from UCLA has committed to Utah. So, Cade, I thought the best way to probably do this is to break it up between offense and defense. So I'll read through these guys, and then you let me know who kind of stands out to you if that works for you. That's great. So first we've got Remington Strickland, the center right guard, left guard from Texas A&M. He redshirted in 2021, played two games in 2022, and then played seven games this past season. Multiple schools kind of looking at him, LSU, Houston, Baylor, Arizona State, Maryland, Arkansas, two years of eligibility remaining. Left tackle Devin Manuel from Arkansas, 6'9", 310 pounds, 417 snaps at left tackle and three starts this past season. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. He is visiting Oklahoma State, confirmed by Polk's report, and has a handful of offers, including schools like Colorado, Florida, and Kentucky. Next, we have Isaiah Glass from Arizona State, 6'5", 295 pounds, 198 snaps this past season, three starts at left tackle, played 888 snaps at left tackle over the past three seasons and some snaps at right tackle as well. He had an ankle injury this season and opted to sit out for a bit, giving him the red shirt and two years remaining. He visited this week, and I think Oklahoma State feels good about him. You also have offensive lineman and left tackle Mac Pounders from Memphis, two years of eligibility remaining. He's got multiple schools looking at him. 
I wanted to mention this guy, tight end Jordan Dingle from Kentucky, but we won't go into too much detail on him because apparently he was going to visit Oklahoma State, and then Polk's report is reporting that he canceled his visit because Oklahoma State doesn't throw to the tight end enough. <laughs> but speaking of tight ends, John Carlos Miller II from Elon University is visiting Oklahoma State, 6'5", 242 pounds, 558 snaps last season, 600 snaps in 2022, 25 receptions, 453 yards, four touchdowns this past season, first team all conference. I like him a lot from looking into him a little bit. And then the last guy is running back wide receiver, Jalen Lucas from Indiana, 5'9", 170 pounds. He's listed as a running back. They use him as kind of a scat back type. Two years of eligibility remaining. He's a punt return, kick return specialist as well. He visited this week. You'd think that's kind of your Jaden Nixon replacement. Kate, who are your favorites out of some of those guys I just mentioned? Well, the last one you just said, Jalen Lucas is, uh, you know, I, I get really excited about gadget players, but he's he's a real deal type of, of player. I think that if Oklahoma State can pull him in, they will have upgraded at that spot. So uh, I really am intrigued by him. And I, I I got two comments here. Mac Pounders is the best offensive line name I've ever heard in my life. And if it was spelled... <laughs> M-A-C, like Mac truck, you, you would literally have the Mac pancakes would be the only better <laughs> offensive line name. But in all seriousness, Isaiah Glass, I think, is a really interesting prospect. He can play that swing tackle spot. So it's it'll be interesting to see what they uh, are thinking with a guy like him, especially having brought him on campus. Um, and then I, I, I like really all the offensive linemen that they've they've approached at the power five level i think that you bring any of them in as a depth piece or potential starting caliber player and you've upgraded your offensive line so uh i also think the line from jordan dingle about not throwing to the tight end is genuinely funny uh, because it's true and um <laughs> john carlos miller coming out of elon as a first team all-conference player that gives me josiah johnson vibes and yes uh, I, I like that a lot so do I. I'll do this for defense too. If I had to pick one guy that I think they're going to land out of the guys we just mentioned, I would. I think it's going to be Isaiah Glass. But I also think Devin Manuel is in the mix. There are there are some big schools going after both of these guys, so it's not like Oklahoma State doesn't have any competition. But I feel good about Glass. And if for some reason it was to fall through with Glass, I think they're coming hard after Devin Manuel as well. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Moving on to the defense. We've got cornerback Laverio Wiley from Central Michigan, 6'1", 185, 495 snaps on defense the past two seasons, primarily at cornerback. He started six games this year, two years of eligibility remaining. He is apparently coming to visit starting today. Several schools in play for him, but not a ton of huge names, so a guy to watch. Defensive end Reggie Grimes from Oklahoma, 6'4", 274 pounds, 49 snaps last season, but he played 516 in 2022. In four seasons with OU, Grimes has 43 tackles, 11.5 for loss, seven and a half sacks, a pass breakup, and three forced fumbles. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, and he is currently visiting or just finished up his visit at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Defensive end Cyrus Webster from Utah Tech, a teammate of Justin Kirkland's. A name to watch. A lot of schools are after him, though. He's played almost 2,000 snaps over the past three years, only one year of eligibility remaining. He's a first-team all-conference type guy. 
Jaden Duggar, safety from Georgetown. Haven't seen a lot since he initially reported contact, so going to kind of breeze through him pretty quickly. And then a guy I wanted to mention, safety Colby Hilton, who's also played some cornerback from UTEP, six foot, 205 pounds. He was at NEO in Miami, Oklahoma, before transferring to UTEP and was with NEO when Zach Allen, current offensive line analyst for Oklahoma State and son of Robert Allen, was at NEO as a coach. So he knows Hilton well. Hilton has visited. This is a guy who I think they're probably going to get on the defensive side of the ball, but I'll go through the rest of the names. Safety Kobe, Kobe Savage from K-State. He doesn't need any introduction. <laughs> one year of eligibility <laughs> remaining. We talked about him a lot on our K-State preview pod as one of our favorite players on the defense. And then the last guy, although by the time we send this podcast out, publish it, I think he'll have committed to Syracuse. Devin Grant, the safety from Buffalo. Cade, who are your favorites out of the many names I just mentioned on defense? So I, I love several guys on this list for Oklahoma State. I think Kobe Hilton is a great fit uh, in the scheme. They need multiple guys, though, back there. And the idea that Oklahoma State could go in and pull Kobe Savage from Kansas State uh, is obviously intriguing to me. Um, what's even more intriguing is that he deleted the tweet about him announcing his offer from Oklahoma. He, I think State. he deleted them all. Okay. Oh, he did. I went back and looked. I actually think he, I, it, maybe it wasn't all of them, but he deleted some others. Okay. The only reason I thought that was interesting is uh, I was looking at it from the maybe Oklahoma State's playing ball type thing. And, uh, you know, true. I, I, I think that they really are playing a different level in the portal this year. I mean, you've got interest from several power five guys that you didn't previously have. Uh, Cyrus Webster, really intriguing prospect. He there are a lot of schools in on him, but they are of the you know, Kansas, Indiana, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, that tier. And I think Oklahoma State has an in with him having pulled a teammate of his from Utah Tech. He would be a great pickup. And then Reggie Grimes for so many obvious reasons, but it would be awesome to pay one back uh, to the Sooners and pull in probably an uh, a fairly equal talent to Trace Ford in Reggie Grimes. I, you know, I was trying to look at a comparison. He's only had, you know, his best season. He had, I think it was 20, 20 total tackles. So this is not a guy that's had a, a major season, but he does pop. And if he could get in a situation at Oklahoma state where he's kind of a focal point in the defense, I think he's an upgrade from what you had at defensive end from this season. So several guys on that list that I think you would love to have at Oklahoma state. Yeah, I completely agree. I like a lot of these defensive guys like I did for the offense. If I was to pick one guy out of that list who I think they're probably going to land, Toby Hilton apparently yep. really liked his visit. He's got the ties to several Oklahoma State current coaches through those NEO ties. And then after him, since I gave two for the offense, I think I, I think Reggie Grimes as well is somebody that they're pretty highly in on right now. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how it goes. I still think they might go after some running backs, even getting the running backs, Rodney Fields from high school and Jaden Allen Hendricks, the South Carolina running back. We talked about them offering. I still think they may make some offers out to running backs. If Allen Bowman is probably going to get the waiver, I don't know if they'll go after a quarterback having Zane Flores, Garrett Rangel, and Malalea Waki Smith. I'm not sure kind of how that's going to work out. 
But I do think they'll continue looking for receivers, tight ends, O-line, D-line, and then to sure up the defensive backfield. So, okay, that's all I have on the portal. Almost wrapped up. Just wanted to mention a couple quick recruiting notes. Early signing period starts on December 20th and lasts till December 22nd. And this weekend visiting, you have Jaden Allen Hendricks, who I just talked about in the 2024 class. He's the South Carolina running back. I won't go through him all, all of his stats and everything because we just talked about him. Along with him, Jacoby Oliphant, the 2024 cornerback, 6'4", 175 from St. Louis University High School in St. Louis, Missouri. Three-star guy, number 176 cornerback, number 27 player in Missouri. And then Ladanian Fields, who is related to Rodney Fields, the running back we just talked about. Ladanian's a TCU commit, 2024, 6'1", 175-pound DB from Dell City. Three-star, number 95 cornerback, number 16-rated player in Oklahoma. It'll be interesting to see what these guys do. And then on the negative side, not to end it on a negative note, but offensive line commit in the 2024 class, Samisi Tonga has since flipped to Arizona State. He's the one from West High School in Utah, where Jalen Warren is from. And it sounds like his teammate, who was also committed, Nuka Mafi, is visiting Arizona State this weekend. So not looking great for those guys. And in the last note, Kobe Black, brother of Corey, has since committed to Texas. I don't think that's a shock to anybody, even though Oklahoma State was in play. It sounds, though, like Corey, from everything I've heard from Robert Allen on the radio, that Corey is still going to come back to Oklahoma state because he just kind of thinks that's the best option for his last year to maximize playing time, maximize NFL potential. Cade, I agree with him. Any notes on these recruits? If not, Cade, that's kind of all I have. Yeah. Uh, Kobe black got me with the, with the hat in the bag thing. He looked at Texas. He looked at (laughs) A&M and I was like, Oh boy, we did it. And uh, he got me. I did not go into that thinking Oklahoma state had a shot. I had heard that, uh, the staff was notified, and uh, I did not think that OSU had a shot. And then he did that. So, uh, you know, we don't see a lot of the, the guys picking out hats anymore, and um, I think we need more of that. So, no, Dustin, this was great. Thank you for taking us on a on a wild adventure through the portal. Um, it shaped, it's certainly uh, just getting started, and uh, hope that, obviously, Oklahoma State upgrades uh, rather than downgrades in the portal, just like we all do. So, Uh, I have no final thoughts, but we do want to hear one quick word from another one of our fantastic sponsors. Yeah, so you guys know Wild Oak Lighting. We appreciate them sponsor the podcast. If you listen, you've heard my spiel, but I'm going to go through it again because these guys are awesome. Wild Oak Lighting is your authorized jellyfish lighting dealer for the greater Oklahoma City area, Stillwater, and several other Oklahoma markets. Jellyfish lighting is a permanent but discreet color-changing LED lighting system for the exterior of your home. With 16 million different colors and patterns, jellyfish lighting can be used for Christmas, holiday, and accent lighting. And of course, Oklahoma State game day or transfer portal news breaking excitement lighting. You can learn more about jellyfish lighting by checking out the website wildoak-lighting.com or you can follow them on Facebook or on Instagram at wildoak underscore lighting. You guys know I have these jellyfish lights, had them on every night, Christmas style, throwing some orange in there when I can, got the different patterns you can do, different color changing, can add it. you can make every single light a different color if you want to. I don't know why you would do that for Christmas, but you can, you could make it rainbow. You can do whatever you want. They're awesome. The guys at Wild Oak are awesome. Let them know you heard about them from our podcast and they'll definitely hook you up. 
Cade, go back to you. Dustin, thank you. And a, and a final thank you to all of our fantastic sponsors who stuck with us through football. And uh, yeah, we look forward to, um, you know, the partnerships to come. I've got no more final thoughts, so we will leave you with this. If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at FeelsLike45Pod. You can follow Dustin at Dustragoo, and you can follow me at Cade Webb. We will see you guys back here next week. Go Pokes!